Welcome, welcome everybody to the 22nd episode of Emerge From Your Box podcast. I've got a super special guest today. His name is Quang Hewan. And I actually met Quang uh, in 2020 when I was interested in learning about video marketing and how to create content online and ended up um, becoming, you know, quite good friends in the video challenge. Um, so if you want to reach out to Quang, he's actually the video storytelling master. He's also a father of two, lives in Sydney. And I wanted to bring him on because all of, before all of this, he, um, you know, he's got a pretty cool backstory, but I don't want to tell you the story. I'd like to invite Quang on to share that story. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. Hey, thank you, Margaret, for having me on your uh, excellent podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess the introduction is right. So I, I started off with video marketing. So I've always liked video marketing and I, I did video marketing before I, be, I was a coach. So I was experimenting with video marketing um, when I was doing my first business, which is mortgage brokering. So about 10 years ago, to be different, I wanted to experiment with a medium that would be different to other people. So uh, a lot of brokers back then were pretty old school. So they didn't touch the internet. They didn't touch, you know, Facebook, YouTube. So I thought, oh, to be different, let's go on YouTube. And obviously YouTube or Facebook, the best platform will be video because you're going to show your face and be different. And that's where I started with video and just sort of like self-taught and, you know, took some courses along the way. And then, um, yeah. And then I think in 2017, I became like Australia's like one of the top brokers. Um, and I broke out because I was really good with digital marketing and I got a lot of leads that way. And then eventually it became, people were asking me, how did you do it? And then I was coaching uh, like a few brokers and accountants and real estate agents. And then, you know, eventually it led to, it was too local. So then it led to like international. So international would be like coaching coaches, right? Mm -hmm. um, online course creators. And that's where I met you, Margaret, right? When I was launching one of my seven day video challenges. And I think you yeah. took it twice. You took my, <laughs> you, you, took, you liked it so much that you took it twice. <laughs> Absolutely. It was, it was so much fun because for me, you know, last year was, um, I had a lot of spare time in my hands, like everybody else did. And, you know, the fact that you had that available to sort of jump into was such a good place to um, practice in your safe environment and really get to know people that were at that stage of their journey as well. You know, a lot of really good friendships and relationships have come out of that as well. I certainly learned a lot. If you look at my, um, you know, and I'm totally vulnerable with this. If you look at some of my earlier videos, I personally, I cringe. So I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I <laughs> used to do that. But, you know, with progress versus perfection, it, yeah. which is something you advocate a lot. Um, I'm certainly, I'm certainly growing in this space, you know, and there's more evolving to, to do always. So, Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you, you took it to the next level. I mean, you actually put a lot of commitment in those videos. And I think, the second time you did the challenge, you had one video that really garnered a lot of traction. Like it almost went, well, organically, it was it sort of went viral, right? <laughs> yeah, that was a crazy one. I did a bit of a controversial post um, around, um, you know, some of the issues that were happening in 2020 about wearing a mask. And the, but the intention was just to basically get people to think about, um, you know, why you're wearing a mask. And that absolutely went crazy I, I didn't expect that sort of reaction but mm. it just goes to show with um you know the right message and the right marketing and um, the right skills which I 
absolutely learned from everything that you've been sharing and teaching um, that you can get your message out there. You know, to be honest, that was just a bit of a funny post. I was having a bit of a go and, you know, people were laughing, but they also saw uh, the importance of what I was saying within um, the context of the video. So, you know, it served its purpose. And funny you say that because that's how I noticed you. I noticed that because I didn't know you before the video came. Mm. Yeah, I saw a video pop up and I'm like, oh, who is this guy? And it was kind of, it, like you said, it was different. It stood out from the rest. And I'm like, who is he? Like, you know, what's his real story? Like, why did he become who he is? And, you know, is he just some guy that's out there and doing what everybody else is doing? Or is there a really good human being behind that? And I did find that in the journey, like, you know, um, you do stand by the word integrity, for example. You know, you're a good, solid family guy who has a, migration story very much like my own so I could relate to you human to human and that's for yeah. me that that was the difference between the many other courses out there and making the decision to work with you yeah um, yeah. yeah I mean like um yeah to talk a bit about my migration story like I was like I, I don't know similar to your story uh Margaret like you know I was like um a refugee so I came here via a humanitarian visa so mm -hmm. Uh, it was Vietnam, you know, during the the war, but the post-war, but there was a lot of civil unrest afterwards. And um, I think there was a lot of looting. There was a lot of fighting. So my mm -hmm. parents tried to escape. And I think when my parents tried to escape, which we had to go from Vietnam, then cross the borders to Cambodia to catch a boat, then the final destination was Thailand. Uh, I think when we first attempted we got caught. <laughs> me and my mum oh, got really? caught. Yeah, me and my mum got caught. And my, my dad, you know, obviously, and my three other big brothers went and then, you know, migrated to Australia. Um, yeah, we got caught uh, behind. And uh, yeah, and I actually spent my first uh, birthday in a prison cell in a Cambodian prison camp. Wow. That's, yeah. um, <laughs> that's a story I right I don't remember it. My mum my, my told me about it. Um, and... Um, yeah, it was it was very interesting in terms of my background, um, and I, I it sort of you had the similar story as well, right? You were like, you know, yeah, absolutely, in a box, right? Yeah, well, the the name of the podcast emerged yeah. in your box evolved from that story because um, as my parents were fleeing the Khmer Rouge post-war as well, um, yeah, I was born in a refugee camp in Thailand, and the only thing right. that I had to put me in was a box, so. Yeah you know, um, the purpose of this podcast was to share with people, like connecting heart to heart, like who was this person? How did you emerge from your mm. box? You know, this, this is my story. And yeah. some people have heard it, others haven't, but I'll go into, you know, in another series, share the details about mine as well. But at the moment, like I'm loving getting to know stories like yourselves, you know, like what your family went through, because, you know, Back then, imagine your mum, she's in a Cambodian prison cell, she's got her young son with her and, and the other family members. Um, what's going through her mind? Like, you know, um, that to her, to most people, like they can't even fathom that. It's, yeah. it's a crisis yeah. in itself, you know. It like, how do I get out of, how do I get out of this? But yeah, you know, having learned a little bit about you in the first um couple of minutes of the podcast, you can see how no matter where you're where you're born or where you're planted or where you start, there's so much room for you to evolve into everything that you want to do and be in life, right? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. It's there's always room to grow, especially like coming from that sort of background to Australia. So you sort of 
appreciate the freedom here. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess I couldn't contrast it because it was stories told to you, right? Because I can't remember what, what, I, what I did when I was two or three. Mm. All I could remember was probably kindergarten, right? Mm. Um, but th- those type of stories really empower you because you hear how, you know, you had like this near-death experience because we could have got killed. My mom could have got mm. raped. Um, yeah. You know, all sorts of things could have happened. I could have died because she was saying that she was hustling for the whole 12 months trying to find food for me. They weren't giving a lot of food. You know, they obviously served kanji, but then I was very malnourished because, you know, I was trying to, you know, and I, I sort of could notice this, could notice that as well because I'm actually like the skinniest guy out of my, the, the four, four brothers that we had. <laughs> I'm like the skinniest guy because probably that first one or two years, I was malnourished. I wasn't having any vitamins. It was just like um, breast milk. But then the food that my mum was eating was just like, kanji and stuff right and yeah like exactly bare bones um, and fish bones and like just boil it up and that's your vitamins right yeah now people call that fur you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, i totally agree with you like what they would have gone through to keep us alive it wasn't a matter of like there was no choices it was survival back then because yeah it was know, survival I- it was survival and um and i think it it sort of like gave me the the reason what i do today um it's sort of like there's a, like there's this chip on my shoulder where a lot, I see a lot of people who who make it. They're like, oh man, just because you had a wealthy family, you mm. were you were born, you know, sort of well off, middle class, um, and you know, obviously you were successful. But for me, I had to struggle through it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the struggle didn't stop when you know we came to Australia. There was mm-hmm. a lot of struggles afterwards because you know my parents were like fifty five. And I had to deal with older parents and my brothers were like 20 years different age of me. Mm-hmm. So it just was like trying to find my feet for like the first 30 years of my life. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, challenging. Yeah. That's challenging in itself. And then you add the, you know, the backstory to where we've come from. So yeah. I totally agree with you. You know, sometimes I think, um, I don't think how easy how how, pe- how people real how easy people realize they've got it sometimes, um, and I'm not saying that um, you know they're on a pedestal or anything like that. But oh yeah, of course. When you when you add the like you said dealing with the challenges of um, you know coming to a brand new country with older parents, brand new language, everybody has to learn everything from scratch, and it's like well we've all got the same opportunity to start no matter where we end up. Or no matter where we start, right? Yeah, that's right. And and it's it, it it's sort of I think that's when you were asking me about like what what motivated me to do what I am today is, you know, Tony Robbins talks about it. Like I'm not a fan of Tony Robbins to be honest, but he has borrowed these concepts from you know other theories, which mm-hmm. is the six human needs, right? Which is one of them is significance, and mm-hmm. that's like either certainty or significance. A lot of things that I do today is not about money. Um, it is resulted from significance why i do crazy videos why i always like to have you know doing things that separate me from the rest it's just mm-hmm. to get some sort of significance that i exist right mm. uh, it could also mean maybe i was the fourth child right the smallest child who was left behind and i need to make an impact yeah. so i think it's not a bad thing when someone has that sort of significant issue because if i don't have that i don't think i have the drive like i'll just be mm. like yeah you know i'll just work nine to five. I don't need to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. To, and I think you nailed it. 
I think you nailed it. You know, um, it doesn't matter what 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 your human need is, like your yeah. top human need is. Every individual is going to have their own. Like yours yeah, is exactly. significance, mine is love and connection. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, you can still, um, you know, work together to to achieve that. And I guess the perspective is like don't judge people that don't have the same vision as yeah, you exactly. because they've got a different story and a different purpose and a different reason, you know? And it's funny that you said you don't like Tony Robbins. He used to trigger me so much because he swears a lot, right? And to <laughs> me, to me, that's like, oh, I know now that it's a pattern interrupt and he does it on purpose. Yeah. But, um, I, I used to love him, but it's just that I, I use, now that I'm more and more in depth with the coaching world, I know more about, you know, timeline therapy and NLP and it's just the way and I know a lot about sales funnels right like I learned from you know people like Dan Locke, Penn June, like Gary Vee and and Grant Cardone like I, I've purchased their courses it's mm-hmm. just that there's tactics that they use to sell courses and it's just the yeah. way he mixes it and I, I get it because it's for commercial and he needs to make money but I just think there's a loss of integrity there where mm. I feel like if you put a disclaimer to say, look, we've got to sell you stuff, right? <laughs> and, and, and we're putting you, you know, we're doing this for that reason as well. Then, you know, then I'll be okay with that. But I, obviously you're not going to do that. Right. Cause then no one's got to buy your stuff. Yeah. And it's true what you're saying, because, you know, um, I mean, I've done two events only because I wanted to face my trigger being Tony Robbins himself. Like (laughs) he triggered me that bad that I refused to go to any of his events. But in 2020, I thought it's virtual. I I just I'm just going to experience (laughs) it, you know, and um, it's true, though. They get you into a state. And when you're in that state, it's easy to say, yeah, all in, you know, I'm going to buy this and pay $10,000 for that one photo with 150 other people. Like people do that stuff, you know? Yeah. um, Yeah. And that's that's his strategy. That's why that's his strategy. That's that's why he's so big. And that's why he makes a lot of money. Um, But it just seems a bit commercial for me. Mm. Um, I think that for those who spend that money, they could have spent that and had many more courses that, a lot of unknown creators are producing, but they're not noticed because he has so much capital to just wash the market with his advertising where small creators like us yeah. are providing value are just invisible. And yeah. Um, yeah, but then, you know, there's always like these sort of like top, you know, people in the, in, in the industry. I respect him. He's done a lot for the industry. Yeah. Um, but that's just my take on him. I don't hate on him, but I'm just saying, but back to no, no. I totally thing. get what yeah. I totally get what you're saying. You know, um, yeah. I guess it's a good, it's a good way to enter the space, and you know, yeah. some people have to it's learn the lesson that way. Yeah. And um, you know, whatever resonates for them. I mean, I do, I do see a lot of people being taken advantage of because of exactly the reasons that you've just mentioned. Um, however, it comes back to you know maybe they value wanting to follow somebody who has that status because it makes them feel like they're getting the information from someone that they're comfortable receiving it from. That's okay. I think we all have that one person that initially went, Oh, you know, yeah, that's the guy, you know, that's, that's, um, that's my leader. That's what I'm going to follow. But yeah, completely agree with that. Like I I would have done this if I didn't see Tony Robin doing his thing. It's sort of like, it's a phase, like sort of like phase one, you, you go for the people, you know, but once you reach phase two, you're like, that's not my thing. I don't want to be like them. So you sort yeah. of, you sort of start defining your voice in, in, in the market. Yeah. Um, 
but but yeah i mean like we were talking about like significance i think um i used to judge a lot of people who do stuff that would be so outgoing mm-hmm. and i'll be like shouldn't they be shameless why are they doing this and then that's when i came to terms with the fact that i also need a significance and i actually know why they do that because they also need significance too mm-hmm. um and that's the way they express themselves so that's that was a breakthrough for me about a year ago when i did that i think i like kind of broke down i was like oh like because you, you sort of realize what the things that you hate is actually the things that you love <laughs> so this duality yeah. thing it's huge it usually happens like it's funny yeah. that you say that because a lot of people that know me know that now I have no problem being on social media and all of that right but the only reason I came onto social media like what was it like 2017 or something was because I wanted to face my fear of being seen and heard I'd gone through some traumatic stuff you know Mm. and I didn't want to be like um I didn't want to be seen I just didn't want to you know I just wanted to hide but then by default the thing that I hated or was scared of social media has been my biggest blessing I've organically you know met so many amazing people like yourself through the power of just being present online so, you know, when, when I look at it from that perspective, like you said, um, wow, you know, did not expect that. Like I didn't even want to have, have a smartphone because yeah. I was so anti-digital, online, social media presence, da-da-da, all of that. But, you know, um, we all have a reason and purpose for doing things, right? And even with Tony Robbins, like he actually does have an amazing backstory. I just oh, yeah. agree, I agree with you that um, the approach – could probably be shifted but I think he's shifting a little bit you know I, I did the date with destiny event um last year and I can see that he's changed a little he's moving towards more the spiritual path which is great you know but and people will do what resonates with them but I totally agree with what you said before as well um you know there are so many people that are now starting to find their own path to mastery are learning to unlock what it is that is their gift and your gift is definitely what you're doing, you know. But like you said, it goes back to wanting to feel like you were doing something significant in your life because of the youngest and, you know, the skinniest and all of that. But I see you're beefing up as well. You're going to the gym yeah. every morning at 5 a.m. So, so, so <laughs> th- I mean, like like I said, like like now that I I always thought that being doing that was shameless, but now mm. that I understood my need, because it's also important as well for those who listen to this is like, you got to understand what is the need that drives you. Like for me, like you, you understand it's love and connection, right? Mm-hmm. I understand significance, but if I didn't understand that, I'll just be judging other people. I'll look at them or that. But now I'm like, I want to beef up. I want to look good. I want to take off my shirt and I'm not shameless about it. Cause I know that significance is what drives me mm-hmm. and, and I'm not shameless about it. Right. Um, 100%. When you get clarity on your values and you start living in alignment with what it is. Yeah, you don't need to answer to anybody. You just like, exactly. You just know this is who you are. Exactly. And that's what it's about. It's about uncovering and unearthing who you are at heart. It's not about following somebody or trying to be somebody else. Like, you know, there are many, many people um, that are trying to be the next guru. But, you know, you're only going to be the version of you that you were born to be. So, you know, getting clarity on like what you said on, you know, your, your individual values, not don't yeah. live by other people's expectations and values. They're not yours, not even your parents with all due respect. My parents have completely different values and yeah. I'm okay with that. Right. Yeah. And, and also I always thought 
doing this or people who do this have something wrong with them, right? And you don't actually need to fix it. Like say mm. someone who has a significant issue and then you're like, oh, you got to fix it. You got to go back to your child and work out all that stuff. It's like, no, I, I'm okay that I need significance. It's just my DNA. I just need the attention. Even if That's I have right. attention, I want more attention, but it's a healthy way of wanting it. It's my mm-hmm. drive. But you don't need to go fix it so that you don't have no longer have a significance issue because you don't have the significance issues like well then what drives you right you just sit at home and smile and meditate all day and just go live in the mountain and just be happy then just do nothing (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing wrong with meditation but yeah yeah i mean like as in like as in like being this totally (laughs) guru (laughs) no i totally agree you know um and once people unlock what their values are this is the thing right you might be sitting here today and saying you know significance is my top value right and i'm sitting here today saying love and connection is my top value if that changes that's okay too yeah that's right you know you don't have to sit in your story. Like it's your story. Nobody gets to write it or dictate it. It's totally yours, right? Yeah, that's right. And it, it's. I think at the end of the day, what's important is what drives you, right? So if you if you find yourself waking up every day and you dread waking up, even though you've got all these human needs or sort of like theorizes, oh, this is how it works and mm-hmm. this is what blah, blah said. and But if it doesn't drive you to do what you need to do, then you're missing something. 100%. Like, you know, self-mastery is one of my top values as well. I love learning. You know, some people can't think of anything worse. I think I did adopt that from my father because he's probably done every course under the sun and has about seven (laughs) degrees. But, you know, people don't have to tell me in the morning to go read a book. Automatically, I do that during the day. So what's the drive behind that for me? Like, I love sharing what I learn as well. You know, it's just um, it's just part of me. It's, it's something that I've had to do um, growing up and actually love doing it now. What I used to hate, you know, go to your room, do your homework. <laughs> for yeah. some people, uh, the worst thing on the planet. But for me, it's like, oh, my God, I love doing that. It's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, know, so. I mean, yeah, I guess. I guess, yeah. I, I mean, like like on, on the story of like where, where I came to be, it's also um, – Having kids as well really matured me as well as a as a as a dad because I have two kids. I have like a, a two year old and a four year old. That's a lot and of then, energy in the house. Yeah, there's a lot of energy in the house, <laughs> and 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 part of me is, which also feeds onto significance, but on a sort of like, the last, what's the last need of uh, uh, of human needs? It's to contribution. Yeah, yeah, contribution. So, yeah, it's like contribution is. The reason why I want to do more of like, just to let you know, I've got accepted to a um, a TV role for extras. So someone oh, wow. sort of spotted me because I was doing the YouTube videos. They're like, you could be an extra, like not an actor, but an extra. And I was like, wow, that's like really good. Like it's actually, I want more exposure. So, you know, you might see me in the background on Home and Away or, <laughs> or a Coles commercial. <laughs> But then, but then the, I remember the lady asking me like last week, he was like, well, why do you want to do this? And I said, the biggest part of me is I feel like Australian Asian men are not represented in the media. Like mm. we're always been cast as drug dealers, nerds, geeks, and just typical men, Asian men in general, like we're just unsexy. We're never accountants. like accountants, <laughs> like nerds, like the most unsexiest people. Right. Mm, yeah. And then I was like, well, I have a job for myself to actually be famous or just blow up in some sort of way 
yes, for that, my significance, but also just to lead the way for my kids. Cause my kids will grow up there. They're, they're going to be Asian men in the future. Yeah. I want them to look up to say, Oh, there is actually a role model for Asian men rather mm -hmm. than this funny geek guy or this like newly nerdy accountant or this like, you know, all, all Asians want to be doctors kind of thing. Like, <laughs> there's actually Jim a confident, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a confident guy who's a coach and he's yeah. just doing his thing. And you know, he's ripped and he's, he's, he's desirable. Um, obviously in a family man kind of way, <laughs> but I mean, like it's, it's for them to look up because right now I can't look up to any Asian men, right. Mm -hmm. In this, not, not in Asia, obviously there's Asian, Asian role model for Asians, but I'm talking about yeah. Asian Australians. Yes. There's, there's, yeah, it's, it's a huge topic actually. Can't see and anything. I love yeah, I, I'm trying to think as you're talking, and I'm thinking Bruce Lee, but you know that's like way out of sort of that that career. Exactly. You know, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, can we not think of Asian men without the kung fu, right? Can't it just be like? <laughs> yeah, I totally agree, and I love that um, that drives you because at the end of the day, you know, um, your first students is your children, you know, and you yeah. want to lead by example and show them that there is um, there is an opportunity to not live with the expectation and stigma that came with you being, you know, the youngest and the skinniest and just another, just another one of those Asian boys that went to school and got a, you know, accounting style job. And that's you know, right. <laughs> like your typical with, with all due respect, like properties. <laughs> yeah. You know, your typical, <laughs> your typical upbringing, your typical um, Asian. So yeah, it's sort of like, um, like there's because also there's a lack of diversity in Australian media as well. Um, I, I like it's better in like America where there's yeah. Asian Americans, like there's like, you know, um, uh, you know, crazy rich Asian, but that took many years to come by where it's an all Asian cast mm. uh, and then the Asian that, being cast as desirable. There's that TV show called Off the Boat, which sometimes touches on, I don't know if you remember, I think it's American. Yeah, Fresh uh, Off the Boat. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's they of, play a lot of caricatures. Yeah, mm. but they also play a lot of caricatures. Like there are some here, but it's always the Asian playing the Asian Asian role, you know? Yeah. The mother yeah. that speaks in an accent and the, the Asian characters are always speaking in an accent. But then yeah. there's never a role for where they're Asian, but they're so westernized here that they don't speak the other language. They just want yeah. to be they want to be here. Look, I'm a walking example myself because yeah. I grew up, I was born in Thailand, but I was raised in Italy and then I came to Australia. So people look at me and they think, oh, you're Asian. I'm like, well, I sometimes identify myself more European because I spent <laughs> the eight, first eight years of my life speaking Italian. So they asked me, do you speak Cambodian? I'm like, this much, you know, and yeah. then Italian, yeah. like this much. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I totally agree. It's, um, I love that. I love that you're, you know, creating, um, creating that new character for people to be able to relate yeah. with because there's a lot of you out there you just they just there is there is just a lot don't of know us. where to find you yeah, there's a lot of us out there who are like asian but we don't recognize with asian pop stars right who look at them and like we don't speak that language right and we didn't talk that way and but we have this lifestyle here but when we look for role model it's like oh ryan gosling right or you like you know <laughs> oh yeah he's oh my a male he guy said ryan. Like, let, let's be like him right um <laughs> Uh, like it, the, so yeah I mean like it's a it's it's not like I have to achieve it this lifetime but it's more like the drive to to constantly have the exposure um, yeah, no, that's I why mean, I, I, I don't think... mind doing like funny skitty videos that cause controversy or make me look stupid because it's just showing other Asian men it's okay to look stupid like you know <laughs>
Yeah, you know, I love that because it's not even about looking stupid. It's about showing other people that it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, let's change the word stupid to vulnerable and just say to people, like, it's okay to live from the space of your heart where you're allowed to be just your wild child self. You can still be an accountant. You can still be a doctor. You can still be a lawyer. But you can still also be who you are at heart, you know. And uh, I think that's very, very important for people growing up um, because, it can bring a lot of people down. You know, I've had people go into dark places because they weren't comfortable being themselves and exactly what you're doing right now, they weren't comfortable doing, you know, it's driven mm. them to really dark places in lives. Whereas if you like you, what you've done now is plant the seed for that change, you know, and that's beautiful because a lot of people will be like, Oh yeah, well he's being a dorky little funny human. That's I want right. to do that. You because know? There's a lot of shame because like, it's sort of like human mentality, like crowd mentality where like, they want to do and express themselves, but they look out into the world and go, well, no one's doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be the first one. But then I just think if I, if I come out and just do something that's, you know, it could be like I sing, right? And I make videos, I sing, but it's terrible. People DM, like, it's terrible. So what? I'm just showing people it's okay to be terrible and be Asian about it. Mm. Um, and and so what <laughs> well we're already associated as a karaoke you know so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that's the thing you know, I, I love that you're just having fun with life you know and that's what it's all about if you talk if you go to little children like your kids you know i've seen some of your, your videos with your kids in it though they have a ball doing that like oh yeah they're, they laughing, love it. they're smiling and throwing popcorn yeah. and stuff everywhere yeah like that's what it's about. And I think yeah. sometimes people forget that as adults. Like it just because you've hit a different age bracket, it does not mean that you have to um, reserve that beautiful inner wild child inside you, you know, let it out, come out yeah, and play. We're definitely. looking for you guys. Quang's looking <laughs> for people. I am as well, you know. Um, yeah. And and I also want to say like, I'm not coming from a victim mentality saying there's no diversity in Australian media. Mm. I think it's a two-way streak where there might be a lack of diversity because there's a lot of like Caucasians being casted because obviously Australia is like 95% white. But I'm saying that it's also the Asians, male themselves, they don't come forward, right? Mm -hmm. Like for example, Married at First Sight, they're looking for applicants. The Amazing Race, like reality TV shows, right? Mm -hmm. They're looking for applicants, but no Asians come forward to do that. And because yeah. there's no Asian vote and they don't pick, they can't. like I, I, I'm daring to enough to go to, you know, the next year. I, I'm thinking I'm ready to apply for Amazing Race or apply yeah, for- Yeah, me too. T- I've been t- waiting. <laughs> yeah, like, like TV reality shows. Because if you don't put your hands up and then you can't turn the other way around and say, oh, there's no diversity. Well, you never, you never put your hand up. 100%. What you're saying is if you want to create the change, you've got to be the change. And I yeah, love that about right. you. You've got to lead by example, get into those, step into the shoes and say, look, I gave it a go. Um, yeah. Now you guys back me up, you know, like <laughs> let's do this. Yeah. But but I know it's hard because Asian men culture, they're taught to be conservative, to be like respectful to, because, you know, a reality TV show, you talk about sex, you do stupid shit. Like you jump around, you're shameless, right? And Asian yeah. culture is not about that. Like Asian culture is about saving face. Don't mm. bring shame to your family. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So I don't really blame um, like those Asians that are growing in that, in that culture. But it's sometimes you have to recognize when you're mature that you can't be binded by that. You know, you're, you're in a different country and you have to recognize you're not your last generation's Asian. You, you could be 
involvement, right? Like, hundred percent. It's 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 really important to remember where you've come from and be proud of the origins of where you're from. But in Australia, you have the opportunity to also blend, like you said, westernize yourself and you know um, be a part of that change and just not follow the rules and paradigm that you were growing up with. There's nothing wrong with people that want to do that either. But you know, like you said, if you don't want to be labeled as oh that Asian, then don't be that Asian. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, so sometimes I just think you know. I would like to showcase what I could do, and 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 if they could see that, and they're like, oh wow, it's actually okay to to do something like that, um, and and maybe you know they could pull away from those traditional virtue, like I, I I guess we call them virtues, but I don't think they're virtues, like you know. But I guess that's my own opinion, like you know the old traditional Asian stuff. Mm. Like yeah. I get why they have that, but I think. Some of them don't serve you, right? Like saving face and just being yeah. super conservative <laughs> to the point where they're just so boring. <laughs> yeah, look, it comes down to your values, you know. I grew up in exactly the same environment. Um, one of the reasons that my throat chakra or voice was shut down a long time ago was because I got that as well. It's like, you're a girl. You shouldn't speak like that, you know. You shouldn't do that. you got to behave this way and da-da-da-da-da. Um, there's a lot of pressure on you you know from the tiger mom and tiger dad to behave a certain way and uphold the family name and do all of that and i'm yeah. not saying to people like go out and be disrespectful and create chaos oh yeah i think what we're both saying is just um don't be scared to be your individual self you know understand and appreciate the roots and where you came from because your backstory is important what your parents went through was to get you here honor that but at the same time don't be afraid to challenge the status quo you know be that's right be you like be you find what that is and be you whether it's significance or love and contribution or growth or certainty whatever value it is that you like is important to you be you yeah that's right and if you you know those who watch this or listen to this it's like do you feel like you know if asian men are underrepresented and you feel like you know if you have kids in the future, do you want them to grow up in a world where, you know, there's always this constant stereotype of Asian men, right? And yeah, absolutely. Like, we, you know, yeah. We we came here to you know one of the lands of opportunities to create something, not to come and recycle what was you know, what was started here. You know, the foundation of why we're here. It doesn't need to continue. You know, like my parents worked really hard, you know, and something that I learned growing up was I don't want to work that hard. I'm in a country where I've got opportunities to learn how to work smarter. So why not evolve from that? You know, I got a lot of um I got a lot of resistance from the way I think and what I do in life as well, because it's like, mm. oh, that's not normal. Why don't you just go to uni, um, find a boyfriend, get married, have children, <laughs> and then um, you know, pick what kind of plot you want to end up in, basically. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's not the life that I want, you know. Um, instead, I completely ignored all of that, went to uni and traveled the world and I fell yeah. in love and I fell out of love. Like, I'm just doing what, you know, um, fills my heart and soul. And my parents couldn't be more proud of me now. You know, I think at the start it was scary because they never maybe had the um, 
they never had the courage to do it themselves because of what they'd gone through. They were still in survival mode. Whereas, oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. I, 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 I would hundred percent respect my parents. I mean, they were in survival mode. Like by the time they were here, my my dad was in like he was fifty five. My mom was fifty. So mm. there's not much you could ask out of them to do, like yeah. you know. Um, yeah, for them, think about that for a moment for people listening. Like, think about being in a brand new country with young children. All you really want, coming from the environment that you just spoke of, you were in a Cambodian prison for a year. All you want for your kids is safety, food, and comfort. Right? That's you right. don't want to. You don't want them to struggle. So I understand why they said to me, like, from what from their understanding of life in Australia, the best thing you can do is go to school, get a house, da da da. You know, do the comfortable life. But there's life beyond that, isn't there? I mean, you're living proof. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it, there is a comfortable life, and obviously, when you come from a a prison camp or a war, and you come to Australia, like just chill, like you just survived not being killed. But the thing yeah. is, I think it's important to say, well, when you're here, when you're 55 or 60, like my parents were. Obviously, yeah, you're in retiring mode, right? But as mm-hmm. as a young kid, you're like, you know, I was two when I came here. What I'm just gonna be in retiring mode for the rest of my life, right? And because yeah, I think a lot of things that I do was because for the for from like two to eighteen, they just kept pushing me down. Like I wanted to go out, and no, no, you're not going out. I want to go to my friends, I know you're not going out. I stay home and study, and they brought back, you know, that old school like teaching they'll smack you because the asian parents they'll smack you they weren't like i'll oh, go to your room right they'll no. like i'll smack the shit out of you right and then you <laughs> run to your room they'll chase you to your room and i'll keep smacking the shit out of you until you yeah. do your homework right and, and then this is one of the norms that we had growing up so yeah. people talk about domestic violence that was a normal thing in that my was house accepted too. like <laughs> you know i i got all sorts of appliances you know Oh yeah, I got everything. Like I got the the feather duster. Like they smacked me to the point where you know, like the feather duster, it had feathers. They used it too much. Where they want no more fucking feathers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we can laugh about that now. But that was their form of discipline. You oh know? yeah, that, very... that was yeah, that was, was, and that shapes you as well when you're growing up because it sort of places a lot of subconscious um, barriers on your mind, which I had to go and break past. Because yeah, it's like you try to do something and you don't, you, you don't do it, but you don't know why. But mm. it's because you got smacked before. Yeah, something that someone said this morning was uh, Luke Pierce that said this morning, you know, when you've got voices in your mind, like what, who, whose voice is that? Is that your voice or is that the voice of somebody else? You know, usually it's your mum's voice or your dad's voice because that's what you've heard before. And where did they get that? They got that from yeah, yeah, their mum and dad or whoever was running the prison camp, you know. So growing yeah, up, that's right. I was quite angry with the way um, I was disciplined because my, my siblings, they got away with everything. I was the pioneer in the family. I broke all the rules, right? <laughs> so I copped it all. But then I realised, like, you know, give, have, having forgiveness for them and understanding that that's what that's the only thing they knew. So they didn't know how to oh, yeah. Dis- yeah, discipline any better either. So I'm like, okay, well, you're just doing the best you can. I can't really hate you, but it still hurts. Stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think like the, the best thing that happened, not the best thing, but the, 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 the thing that happened in hindsight was like I had a lot of that trauma being hit and just being like sort of contained. Mm. Um, like was when my dad got sick like he got a stroke and I hated him before, but he got a stroke. And then it turned out 
I forgave him because in order to take care of him as a carer, because I became his carer for about a few years, mm. I had to forgive him. And then I, I took care of him. And, and it was my way of saying, seeing his vulnerability, like, mm. you know, him not him losing sleep, he, he losing half his, the mobility of his body and him saying, you know, waking up every day saying, Oh, I wish I could have done this. And just seeing that out of him was like, you know, he did the best he could. Yeah. Uh, he smacked me because he was just afraid. And now, you know, in his sleep, you can hear his screams because because half his body's paralyzed because he's got stroke. Mm. Um, yeah, and then, you know, that eventually he passed away. And just seeing that was like really like, I don't know, like my way of forgiving him because you see him in pain and you're like, oh, you know, how could I hate him anymore? Yeah, it really humbles you, doesn't it? When the person that's taking care of you your whole life, despite the way they did it, you know, ends up in that situation and, and it's in reverse now, you know, you're taking care of the one person that literally created half of you, you know, the yeah, exactly. like, yeah. came from your father and then all of a sudden he's unable to, um, and, you know, like you said, talking out his dreams in his sleep because he didn't do this and he didn't do that. So I can certainly understand why you have such a strong drive and why to be just different, you know, just to just, it's in his honour, to be honest, uh, you know, this is what yeah. feeling. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I think I think in hindsight, it is in his honor. Um, because I did a lot of things for him. Like you know, it wasn't just like feeding him. It was like I had to bathe him. I had to like, you know, wipe his butt when he went to go to number two. I had to go take him to number one. I had to shower him. Like it was just like taking care of a baby, but like, like a like a sixty kilo, you know, like oh baby. Yeah, um, that's that's a huge role, Quang. So um, yeah. you know, for anyone listening, uh. I don't wish it upon anybody, but take take this and, and think about it really deeply because it's something that, um, you know, is could happen to anybody. And th- there's an opportunity to learn these lessons even before they come along. But, but this is life, right? You just never know what's coming. And that, that would have been, if not the most challenging thing that you'd have ever done. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I had to take like, like, you know, you know, like a lot of people where I see influencers, online gurus, right? They start off like in their in like 20s, right? And then you always see their houses impe- impeccable. Their parents mm-hmm. are supportive and then they do their thing. They blow up, they get famous, blah, 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 right? For me, like from 20 to 30, I wanted to do that, but I mm-hmm. can't because I have to take care of my parents, my, my dad. I have to like mm-hmm. feed him and like I can't go do that stuff. So it's not like you have this drive, but you can't do it. So, but mm-hmm. then you also feel guilty if you go and go for your dream, you're leaving your dad behind, right? Yeah, and this is so, the power of decisions, right? You yeah. made the decision to honor your role in the family, which was, um, you know, at that yeah, like point a fiduciary time, care, like you, you honor your, like, which is part of Asian culture. I, I'm sure, like, you know, Caucasian culture or other culture, they, they also do it. But I know Asian culture is very strong about regardless of what your parents do to you, you still have to take care of them because, you know, mm. respect your elders. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why now I'm in my 37, right? Are you I'm 37? Like, oh, yeah, so I'm for 37. people that can't see him, he does not look I'm th- 37. I'm 37. I don't look 37. <laughs> I have like Asian genes. But it's like, it's strong as ever to, to make an impact because I, I don't have much time left. Well, we don't know how much time. Nobody knows. Like, this could yeah. be our last phone, you know, like, who knows? <laughs> it's not. But you know what I mean? Like, realistically yeah. speaking, you just never know. I could um, – you, you do. You do have to make every moment count, and you know. Yeah, and yeah, that's I, right. 
I'm so grateful that you found um, forgiveness in the humility of taking care of your father because that certainly shaped you to be who you are and also be a better father to your children, you know, just um, like yeah, you said, right. to become a role model for them and and be who you are so that they can look up and say, oh, wow, my dad's a bit crazy and he's got a really shit voice, but he's amazing. It's <laughs> fun, you know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm taking singing lessons, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Might be better next year. <laughs> um, but the thing is, um, that's why I always value like relationship and the deep sort of like the meaning behind it. So when mm-hmm. when 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 things come to money and it ruins that, I hate it. That's why I sort of like when I was talking about Tony Robbins, when he, yeah, he's a great guy, but it's too commercialized. It's like there's a lot of money, there's a lot of that just to get this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a previous coaches too, right? Like, you know, pay like ten, fifteen thousand dollars for their coaching, but they keep upselling you stuff and they, they treat you like their mate, but then they always upsell you this, upsell you that. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you're like, Are you really my mate? Or are you just like tr- treating me like another number where you're thinking, Oh, how how do I upsell this guy? What is what is the lifetime value of this customer? You know, mm-hmm. they always talk about what is the lifetime value? How can I milk this person to sell another coaching program? Um, or another coaching program that involves blah 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 so i totally get it i think especially me myself i've only jumped into this world within the last year or so there is so much more depth to what we do than um you know the signs or the dots at the end of the zeros i totally totally agree with you yeah i mean i I don't mind making money I, i love to make millions of dollars a year right but i'd rather do it with impact and with full disclaimer Right, I'm not gonna try to disguise my friendship with you, and then somehow wait until you're vulnerable and go, oh, you know, I have another course. You want to buy that? It'll take you to the next level. Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, and it's you know, it's it's actually a really big um, it's a really big thing that's happening at the moment. Like a lot of people um just have thing after thing after thing after thing, and it's like, well maybe they didn't really tap into what it is that you wanted to begin with either. You know, are they really the person that you want to work with? And it's hard for people to decipher that at the beginning. If, especially somebody who's completely new and just starting out, I know a few of my friends have been swindled into things that look amazing. And then they get to the end and they're like, Oh, I'm more confused now than I was before. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So part of the lessons, part of the lesson. Yeah, it's part of the lesson. And also like, you know, I, that's why I always try to expand myself, not just in the coach industry. That's why I want to expand into like, you know, go into TV because at the end of the day, it's not about like making an impact is in coaching, but at the end of the day for me, it's to be, to get more exposure so I can share my story mm-hmm. and, and, and go on a platform to show that, you know, an Asian guy can do certain things and, and be a role model. Uh, whether it's through coaching or whatnot, but it's just a platform for me to to step. Like, yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, you know, I'm I'm very much similar in that regard. And the first place I went to, and I'd never even travelled by myself to Sydney on my own to go get out of my comfort zone and show the world that it's not just people and couples that travel, like girls can do it too. So I went to Israel by myself mm, for five wow. days, you know. I completely didn't know the language, didn't have any friends, got an Airbnb, got lost 
all the things happen. But right. at the same time, like, you know, challenge yourself, step out of your, I call it the decay zone, not even the comfort zone. Like if you stay where you've always been, you're going to decay. You're going to turn into and multiply with the people and things that are around you. Yeah. And sometimes you do have to detach that umbilical cord, you know, make hard decisions, but that's it. Just one decision. One decision will make so many different things happen and uh, doors will open up for you if you just have the courage to step out of that um you know mentality that you've always had that's been ingrained from you know generations before especially growing up in a could be european families or asian families you know it doesn't really matter where you come from some people come with their traditions and that's like you just got to do that for the rest of your life but it doesn't work like that right yeah yeah absolutely like you know um people always tell me it's like well you, you started like I started a coaching business about a year ago and they're like, Oh, you started a, a successful coaching business, but it looks like you're doing like videos and sort of becoming like an influencer. And like, why are you, why are you changing that? Mm. Well, it's because I don't vibe with it. Right. Like mm. it, that's why, you know, I'm doing joint partnerships with people to share the load of coaching, but then still move on. Like, and, and I, I told another person, I was like, yeah, I'm doing extra roles for, it's like, you're all over the place. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not. I'm just going and climbing that exposure, right? It's like, I know my why. It's not yeah. to start a business and make lots of money and put it in my bank account, right? Yeah, I totally agree. I, I Again, I relate with you because I'm always doing something to challenge myself because yeah, I Yeah, and some people it. don't understand that. They just think you're like, no. you're like just, <laughs> chopping changing like you, you're not focused yeah i think you're bored <laughs> and you just need to do something with yourself i'm like no i actually do everything i do because i love doing it right yeah and it's um you know one conversation can change a life you just never know who you will meet along the way to like you know you could meet somebody else at acting school who's like oh yeah i've been that kid that's really you know stigmatized and there's no other one like me you know what i mean like you just never know where it's going to lead you so i commend you for having the courage to just say yeah, you know, I, I thank you for your opinion in relation to my coaching business, but this is my life and I'm going to take my journey. And if you want to come with me, you know, there's a spot here for you. If not, I'll see you there anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll see you at the top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, like, it, I think for, for those who listen to this, who think, oh, well, like, what's the, what's the meaning behind it? The meaning behind it is just know your why. Like, what's, what's your reason? why you need to do certain things like if you need to chop and change what you need to do then chop and change right um mm -hmm. if something's successful but doesn't resonate with you then put it on pause and go pursue something else uh and then if you don't like it then come back it's it's okay to, to, to change lanes right 100 percent. Um, if you get clarity on your why and you start with that it doesn't matter if you wiggle to get there, there there's no straight path there's no you know uphill consistent climb you're going to fall in ditches things are going to happen life's going to come from you for you from different directions but like Quang said if you've got clarity on your why then you don't have to have like an alarm clock you don't have to have people telling you what to do you know from within inside yourself why you're doing what it is that you're doing right that's right and there's, there's you don't need a map as well because like there isn't a map to be like for me like my idea is to to blow up right just to be an agent but there's no map for that like no one said, all right, first you do a coaching business, you get a bunch of coaching clients, get 100K, then go to acting school, get an extra job. No one told me that. It sort yeah. of just happens and you feel it and you're like, oh, that, that's right for me. Let's, let's try that. I might go to, you know, home and away and someone might pull me aside and say, hey, 
I want you to do a commercial, right? And then, oh, then you blow up. Then your Instagram, you get like 100 followers and somehow you might feature in a movie, right? And then, and then you become an actor or something. It doesn't matter, right? But at the end of the day, it's not the role. It's like, what was the, the why? The why was to be the role model for my kids, yeah right. and you know some I, I read a i listened to a book like um recently called green lot by matthew mcconaughey and i don't know if you've had a chance to listen to that but it's an amazing book because what you just described is basically what his life was he kind of became an actor by accident you know right. just in honor of him following his heart to die this is a true cowboy at heart right yeah but he was just doing things like if you get the opportunity, I'm not getting paid to say this, but listen to it because All right, cool. it's um it's a cool book to understand um uh, like why people do anything, you know. And he found everything that he ever wanted, even though he never knew that's what what it that's what that was what he wanted simply by just living from the heart every day and doing like when you listen to it, you like I think you'll love it. It's just right. um yeah that's it's a true cowboy really living just moment by moment, you know, not being, not being, not doing any crazy stuff to hurt anybody just on his own quest for. Yeah. Yeah. It's know. like a quest, like an adventure. Right. It's like, uh, and I think, I think, I don't know, like my, this is my, my judgment on Asian men in, in general who grow up in this Australia. Mm. You don't see that. Like I always try to look out for people who are doing that in like, there are people who are like, like, like like different like probably one or two like like Ronnie Chen right like from Melbourne stand up he did stand up now he's like on the the, the Daily Show and then he's on you know um uh, Crazy Rich Asians and now he's like a a list actor but he was from Melbourne he was yeah I didn't know that Melbourne. yeah Ronnie Chen he's <laughs> from Melbourne um but he did his thing right but then who else is there you, you might have like you know Ando which is the you know, the guy who, you know, he's a comedian. The happiest, the happiest refugee. Yeah, yeah. But then it's all like, you don't want to be classed as a refugee. <laughs> like, like, I don't want to be remembered as, all right, that's a guy, the refugee guy, right? Why I can't just be that, the, the Asian guy, male, you know, he's, he's doing his thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that because it's, um, you know, we've had a few generations now come through from the boat. It's time to change the story and lift the game. And I think within Australia, sometimes people suffer from tall poppy syndrome. And they're like, I don't want to stick my head up and stand out. Yeah, yeah. But you're like, no, I want to stick my head up. And I, want I want to stick out. out. And yeah. And, and, and sometimes part <laughs> that of me. takes courage. Yeah. And, and sometimes part of me like is like where I'm going is um, because I have kids, but I like it's 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 not sad but it's all like sometimes some part of me wishes that i want to move to the u.s because there's asian americans there who are like entrepreneurs they just they go out and they express they voice their opinion they're, mm-hmm. they're not afraid to gather together and protest against you know rights for asians or whatever right um and i really want to go there but i have kids i have family I have roots there but like it's not i don't like australia it's just that the standard here is like everyone's just scared to to do anything that ruffles feathers. Yeah, and- personally speaking, like entrepreneurship in Australia is still, believe it or not, a very new thing. Yeah. You, can go, you can go to the US, you speak to people here about personal development. And they're like, like, what? That's not in the school curriculum. Yeah, they're like, oh, what, follow your dreams? But if you speak to people in the US, like, yeah, I want to follow my dreams. This is my dream. I want to hustle, um, you know. 
Um, yeah, but it's t- it's a totally different culture and mindset, and it's you know it's people like you and I though that are going to plant that seed for that tall poppy to grow, and so it's okay to stand up and be different, you know, and you don't have to just be what we were labeled as, you know, take away the label, like morph and evolve into who you are, and bring that to Australia because you know you're you there's no reason why you can't be, you know, the next Jackie Chan of Australia or whatever. Or whatever, right? Or like, you know, the next next someone of Australia, right? It's just, um, you know, like, that's why I, I, I don't mind, you know, Australia. I think it's great in terms of what it's given us. Um, but I just think it's hard to, to look around and see a role model, right? Um, whilst... That's why most of my inspiration comes from the United States. Like, there's a lot of Asian Americans who are mm-hmm. like blazing the way, and um, and and I follow them, unfortunately. But then I want to bring that back to Australia, right? I want to like make it prominent. You know what, Quang Tag, you're it. Just do it. <laughs> you know, you're wearing the right T-shirt. I didn't even realize you were wearing <laughs> the right T-shirt for it. Um, because, you know, this, it only takes one crazy person to, and I put a post up a little while ago on Facebook, it only takes one crazy person to go in and dive deep into anything that they're passionate about and find a solution for something that somebody else is thinking of and then it explodes. Like, I think my post was about Alzheimer's, you know, I'm really passionate about things like neuroscience and, and that because I believe that there is a cure. You know, there is there yeah. is a way to change it. There is a way to shift it. I mean, I interviewed a woman in my last podcast um, about, you know, f- fixing, um, sorry, not fixing, like recovering from multiple sclerosis through energetic work. You know, that's bizarre in the world of medicine. But one person, you know, this is yeah. a living, breathing human being who created that change and shift. And there's no wow. reason why you can't be the person that says to the world, hey, guess what? I'm from Australia. My name's Quang and this is... This is my story, you know. Hopefully, the <laughs> when we listen back to this podcast in a few years' time, you are please remember that you did this here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> you made that declaration here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I always wanted to do it, regardless if I, if, even if I don't make the declaration. But like, <laughs> it, it's just addressing the reality that I see. Maybe, you know, for those who watch this, they're like, "Oh no, you there is this, this guy doing." Like, let me know. Like, you know, send me a DM that there is someone who. It's just that. Um, there isn't that collaboration that I see that um, the Asian network in here that sort of that's why I like to collaborate with you and other people because I, I see that there are coaches that, that need to work with other coaches or influencers who want to work in them or small creators I, I always see ourselves as creators who work mm-hmm. with each other to bring each other up um, I don't see a lot going on here yeah. um, these like sort of like s- small masterminds yeah, look, I agree. You know, you've got to find people that complement your mission. And, you know, we, we do similar things, but we're quite different. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely. We, we do. But there's always like resources that we can share, which is either time or, um, you know, a shout out or like a, a referral or a, a network. Yeah, um, but that's the beauty of it. The fact that we are different means that people that resonate with me might not resonate with the way that I coach, for example, and want to work with you. And I have no problem sharing that, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's yeah. really creating that um, beautiful network and community of people that, um, you know, want or are looking for something that I have or you have and just just like we did as kids, like share your lollipop, you know, share your drinks or share whatever it is that you did yeah, at school. Yeah. But as adults... Um, yeah, so I think we're um 
we've covered a lot today. But I've got one last question for you. Yeah. If you've got one message to the world and today was your last day, what is that? My message would be just find your drive, right? And your drive is defined as when you feel the most ashamed, most guilty, like you're so undeserving of that thing that you want. That's where the drive is. Regardless of people saying you don't deserve it or you're never going to make it because you're too old, you need that drive that, to push you. And if you, don't, if you don't have that drive, I would strongly suggest you go find it, right? Um, because you, you need it because to, to get those things that, that most scared you, because obviously you feel ashamed and guilty and scared of it for a reason. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that drive, there's no way you're going to get it. And you just got to be lying to yourself every, every now and then doing comfortable stuff. So I would say my last message is go find your drive. How you find your drive is a series of experimentation and failing. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and, and I guess look for inspiration, right? Look for inspiration. There's always someone who's doing what you're doing. It might not be in your own country, but it could be somewhere else. And, there you and go, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Some beautiful, beautiful pointers right there from Quang. You know, um, yeah, like Quang said, find your drive, you know. And if you can't find it in your country, look elsewhere. We have the, this beautiful thing called the internet these days that you can lean on to reach out to many, many people. But if people do want to reach out to you, how can they get in contact with you? They and can reach out to my Instagram handle. So quang.win, H-U-I-N-H dot co. Um, they can also find me on TikTok. Um, they can find me on YouTube. Same handle. I'm on multiple platforms, just waiting to blow up. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, they can reach me there or they can reach me on Facebook. Um, they can find me or they can reach me through you. If they like, oh, who's that dude that you're talking to? Just, yeah. <laughs> Um, we have a free Facebook group. If you guys are coaches, uh, Margaret's always posting her stuff there. New Coaches Academy. Um, it's a free group. And uh, it's that's if you want to start a coaching business, that is. If not, yeah, you can reach me on Facebook. I'm quite reachable. <laughs> there you go. Quang Hewen, thank you so much for your time today. There's many, many ways that you can reach him. But like he said, if you've forgotten how to um, remember all of that, <laughs> Just reach out to me and I'll connect you guys. It's super easy to find people these days. But um, yeah, yeah. and if you've got somebody in your life or, or this is you listening that's going through this in your life or there's somebody that you think will resonate with the message that Crane has, which is basically, you know, like, yeah, don't be scared to be different, you know. Growing up an Asian male in Australia, um, you don't have to be the stereotype that was assigned to you. It's totally okay. And we want you to come and step out and link arms and, you know, do all the things that, um, you know, I don't know, help you smile and have fun in life. But anyway, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of Emerge From Your Box podcast. Until next time, I'm sure next time I speak to Quang on my podcast, we'll be really famous and then <laughs> you might have to book like six months in advance. But <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm sure I have time for you. Um, but, uh, yeah, just keep doing your thing. Maybe you, maybe, like, I'll be happy if those who are listening to this get inspired and became famous before me like i love it 
it's it's okay. just you doing your thing. See, this is one of the other one of the other reasons I love this guy, the humility. You know, it's not even about him and it's not even about me either. It's about just inspiring people to like, you know, be who you are and unlock your gifts and inspire others. This is how we create the domino effect, right? That's right. Absolutely. Well, thanks guys for listening to this episode. Until next time, take care and thank you, Quang. Thank you, Margaret.